everyone, you're listening to the Bingers Assemble on Starmata Media. Check this out. Did all of you know that the Cleveland Guardians used to be called the Cleveland Indians? Yes. Yes. I'm old enough to remember. Mm, well, at one point, they had quite a bit of a losing streak until dun 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 wild thing dun 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 you make my heart sing dun 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 you make everything major league we're covering major league on the benders assemble only the first two movies because let's be honest nobody wanted to see them go back to the minors major league on (laughs) benders assemble coming up next Welcome back to the Bengers Assemble. I am your host, slash the third or fourth or fifth ranked person on this podcast, depending who is joining. Uh, that's Chris Wiggins. I am joined by my clubhouse teammates, the guys that eat a lot of sunflower seeds. One of them uses a lot of tobacco and dip. Uh, starting off, the main man, the ivory tower, Scotty Bauer. What's happening, player? What's up, buddy? Hey, man, man I've quit. I've quit dip three times. And- <laughs> And the third time was the last time, so I'm never doing it again. Are you using that special gum that they put at the bottom of their teeth, at the bottom of your teeth now? No, I always did cold turkey. Well, cold turkey and weed. Oh, I love it. (laughs) And next, Latino warmth, Mikey P. What's happening? What's up, man? It's the Latino heat, but I'll take the worm. It's all good. Yeah, Latino cool. All right. Look, (laughs) we're taking everybody out to... (laughs) cool. Look. We are taking everybody out to the ball game, and we're going to be covering the venerable Major League. This time, not Trilogy, as we mentioned in the cold open. We are only going with the duology. I'm going to give you some reasoning for that. Um, actually, Mike and Scott are surprised because I just keyed them in that we're not going to be covering number three right before we started doing this. Look, it doesn't count for canonical reasons. Uh, I think what we try to do with these with these episodes we make sure that there is a consistent story. So to make you understand as quick as possible why we do not count number three, uh, let's say specifically, number three came out in 1998, almost 10 years after the first one, uh, about four years after the second one. The stars of that movie, uh, Roger Dorn, that's Corbin Benson, he somehow inexplicably becomes an owner of a team and it doesn't take place in Cleveland. Then people like Scott Bakula join and a bunch of other people, and I think only Taka returns and uh, Serrano. And you get people that we don't really care for. The guy who stole Scott's old nickname that Walter Goggins is in it and Ted McGinley. <laughs> Ted McGinley, if you know him, he is the uh, he played what Mr. DRC from uh, Married with Children. And every time a show ends and jumps the shark, he is responsible. So there's no way we can cover that. We're going to focus on the number, the, the first one and the second one. It's simple as this. If Charlie Sheen is in it, that means that it's Major League. All right. So with I like that rule. Yeah, it's a good, good rule. A, yeah, good rule, right? All right, I want to go into look. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about this for these films. So, all right, as we said, number three doesn't count. So, first movie, 
Uh, that's Major League came out April 7th, 1989. The sequel would come out five years later on March 30th, 1994. Budgets of 11 million and 20, uh, 11 million and 25 million respectively, uh, grossing 75 million and 35 million respectively. Uh, I want to talk a little, you know, want to go into a little bit about this though. All right, baseball films. Let's get a little bit of history of this. Scott, you are a resident MLB expert. Not as much as myself and not as much as Mike, but we've given you the <laughs> whole of... Uh, but you're a baseball expert, though, right? No, nah, but he's you an Ohio native, so he's he's, yes, he's a Cleveland yes. expert. It's true. I'm yes. also definitely a baseball movie expert okay, more yes, than even an yeah. MLB expert. Yeah. So, look, I want to talk about this. The history of baseball films, all right? Uh, up until this point, to give some background, you know, you have movies such as Bad News Bears. You have movies such as... Uh, well, I think this one even this pre what this came out the same year as Field of Dreams. Am I mistaken in that, Scott? Correct. Okay. Yeah, All right. that's that's right. So, so is it? Would y'all say that it is accurate? And I hope our fans don't come and talk a lot of shit if this is wrong or what have you, right? But would you kind of say that this was sort of this kind of helped start the genesis of big time baseball movies? I would agree. I think yeah. It- yeah, I mean, I think I, uh, I think maybe it was a. Um, and I'm talking big time baseball, not just like there are baseball movies, but I'm saying like you're getting sure. you're getting names in it. Um, like here's an example. Uh, none of you watched that movie. The like baseball block blockbusters. Like, yes, baseball blockbusters. Right. I mean, like, certainly the first film, those numbers, I think, proves your point exactly. I think here's what I was going to say about it. I mean, I think the. Mm-hmm. Baseball movies are uh, at the top of the pyramid of sports movies, in my yeah. opinion. And every, I was, uh, you know, I, I think the quote should go, uh, every sports movie is a baseball movie. Mm-hmm. Meaning, even if it's not a baseball movie, it wants to be a baseball movie. Yeah, yeah. So I think for I think for me like to your point so there, and I agree with your assessment on it's at the pyramid at the pyramid number one I think it, there it's the easiest to film and this is not a statement on the game um, it's more so just because of what you can do it, you can tell a story about an outfielder um, and we're gonna get into this with a certain outfielder um, you can tell a story about an outfielder without actually showing them um, being good at all aspects of the game you can tell a story about a pitcher or what have you. Uh, without being able to, you know, you can kind of camera shot wise, you can kind of zoom in and, and fake it if there's a fastball, right? And the big thing that you want to account for is like their batting stances. Um, if, you know, I, I think, what do you call it? I mentioned the Bad News Bears and then a great movie that I love uh, that I probably watched probably about 50 times, The Natural. Um, the, I think The Natural. Gonna, I was going to say it. Fantastic. Okay. Yep. Yeah, about Roy Hobbs. That came out a few years before it. Um, I don't count, you know, I don't count Brewster's Millions as a baseball film since that's something <laughs> where. You know, that that's that's a movie where it's what do you call it? It's like he's a base. He happens to be a minor league player and it's all about him getting money. Right. Um, and you could have substituted out. What do you call it? You could have substituted out the baseball. Um, but then you had a, a rom-com. I don't consider this a baseball movie. I consider a rom- rom-com the year before. That's Bull Durham came out. All right. Uh, that's 100% I mean, a lot of baseball people consider movie, it a baseball movie. It's though. 100% a baseball movie. Okay. Do you yeah. think but, that you could have told the story? But it is in a ro- it's a rom com movie that's a baseball that's based on baseball. Yeah. Okay. All right. So my my big thing with this, right? Um, You're missing I, one of the greatest ever of all time, by the way. Besides Major League, Sandlot. Oh, uh, that came uh, out. That was, 
I know it came out right? after, but oh, I'm just saying it's one of the greatest to, baseball movies. You know, I was going to get to it, okay. right? Oh, shit. Well, <laughs> like, you would have just jumped the gun. No, no, there's no editing. <laughs> just, yeah, I was legit going to get to it. Um, All right. But for me, this one, look, this is the one that, uh, for me, when I think baseball movies, I think Major League. Um, 100%. It's a, it's a comedy. This story cannot be told without baseball. Um, it also m- can't be mistaken that the that they they've got the full rights and participation as well of Major League Baseball. All right. Yep. Um. I so Major League. I first saw this movie. Uh. Well, but before I get into when I first saw it, right? Let's stick let's stick to the history of baseball. I think that this one allows things such as. Field of Dreams. Obviously, Kevin Costner already done a baseball film. We've been over that. Um, I still think it's only, a, you know, I still think it's only a rom com, but whatever. Um, allows him to go do Field of Dreams. Gets on people's consciousness. Say, hey, you know what? At a time where the NBA was dominating things with Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and then this bald guy uh, who played for this like lowly team in Chicago started to come up or what have you. This at a time baseball went and decided we're going to get the national consciousness that allows you to put out hits such as, uh, as, as, as I said, Field of Dreams, right? Came out the same year, a little bit later in the year, I believe. Baseball. Um, yeah, that's a pretty good impression, yeah. Um, <laughs> then add in Rookie of the Year, which uh, Mike has based his life around. Um, <laughs> Sandlot, Angels in the Outfield, Little Big League, The Scout. You got movies such as Ed, um, which, uh, Scott, I got to be honest. I could see you in a movie like Ed. Eh, what that I mean that's like yeah, that's like the mime of of these baseball movies. It's the lowest of the low. Yeah, don't compare <laughs> me to that. Okay. At least give me the Brendan Fraser one. Okay. All right. For for <laughs> then you got movies like For Love of the Game, obviously the great movie 61. Um, for Love of the Game, sort of Kevin Costner's trilogy of yes. uh, of baseball movies that ended it, which I actually think is the best of the three. Okay, nice. Um, you also have Hardball, Summer Catch, which Mike has watched uh, 30 times. You have uh, Air Bud, which I've seen. The Air Bud 7th Inning Fetch, which I've probably watched 90 times. And The Rookie. That's a good movie. Okay. It's good. The problem is why did Air has – the only thing, the reason the movie is called Air Bud is because it's Air – because it's, yeah, no. it's, a, it's a Jordan basketball dog. Why, yeah. is the, why did it go to other sports? And if it did, don't – Call it a different name for Bro, he played he ended up playing like every fucking sport. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. literally. Yeah, he did. He's like yeah. a wide receiver in a different movie. <laughs> like, yeah, I can't wait for ground and pound, bud. Like it's a uh, <laughs> MMA fighter. Yeah. Uh, uh, other movies, Mr. Three Thousand, right? Then you have Fever Pitch. Literally trading fighting bears. Like like a UFC like like a, like one of the Russian fighters where they're literally wrestling like tiny bears. Yeah. Um, then I, I, it's going to fight like a, a Siberian his, husky. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, That'll be the end. Yeah. And then, all right. I think, what do you call it? Probably Getting around. Strong now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So probably sometime around, I, I, I think it's fair to, I, I don't know. I think it's fair to say sometime around 2006, 2007, baseball films kind of lost their luster, but I want to say that's about a good 15 to 16. What's the years. last great one? Moneyball? Probably right. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, I forgot Moneyball. Sorry, that came out in 2011. So you had a dead period between. I think you had a dead period between. I don't know if you if you want to call bench warmers a baseball film, um, <laughs> but like between like coming off softball, of, maybe. Uh, I would argue 42 is probably the most recent one. Oh, that's true. Okay. Well, then wouldn't yeah wouldn't the what do you call it one million dollar arm be uh, just as prescient as, or not prescient or relevant as well too? Million dollar arm. That's the one with uh, John Hamm about the. Yeah, that's uh, right. That's right. Um, the 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 Indian kid the Indian yeah. I think it's a true story 
Um, so like, like the cricket you have some things yeah. that kind of came in and out or what have you. Um, what do you call it? Like you had some things that come that came in and out or so, but in terms of like cranking them out, we're like, all right, this is going to be an amazing baseball film that everybody's has seen, right? Yes, forty-two, definitely. Um, obviously, uh, you don't think a lot of people. I, I might be the only person that saw a Million Dollar Arm, right? And Trouble with the Curve, right? And then Moneyball. But yeah, you had a good. This started a nice run. Um, so let's get in a little bit of some familiarities with the film. All right, so. The, these movies, I didn't, I be, I should be remiss because I didn't mention they were directed by uh, the great David S. Ward. Does anyone know what he is famous for, besides these movies? I was gonna say Major League. Okay, thank, yeah. Well, that's probably it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this was. Did y'all know that this movie? This was a the first movie, uh, not first movie. Sorry, most prominent movie directed uh, by him. Essentially, he had he had been a screenwriter and he had wrote The Sting. Then he had also no he, way he wrote the sting yeah he wrote the sting um fucking been, fantastic move did movie, movie. Mike Mike's like what the hell is the sting aren't you yeah I'm, okay yeah it's not great you're player. past posting aren't you yeah how <laughs> all right so <laughs> Mike right. has no idea what that meant <laughs> yeah Mike Mike we got to get you up you got to get you up to speed on your Paul Newman <laughs> films yo all right and yeah. Rob yeah Robert Redford's in it too right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right, that's so one of their. Movie. That's one of their thrice trilogy. Okay. Films a lot of a lot now. of thrices here and throublings <laughs> going to be mentioned. Um, so what do you call it? All right. So anyways, he had wrote he had wrote the Sting. Then he had wrote a few movies like the Sting Two, Saving Grace. Uh, then eventually, there's a little known movie that I know that neither of you two have seen, but it's called the Malagro Beanfield War. Has anybody seen this? I have actually seen that. Oh, okay. All right. I stand corrected. Um, it is a Robert Redford directed movie. Yes, um, that's why. Yes, all right. It takes place in the mountains of New Mexico. So essentially what happens, uh, he, he writes the screenplay, Robert Redford directs it. Uh, and just to give you like how great this was, um, there was nobody prominent. And the most prominent person in this movie, I think, is most likely, I think it's for like John Hurd and uh, the villain from, what do you call it? Um, the tall, what, uh, the taller villain from the movie we did, Home Alone, Daniel Stern. Mm. Anyways, so takes a movie like that movie does well um gets people you know it's critical success based off of this he's able to he's able to transition that into getting financing for the wonderful major league all right so david s ward first time director i want to get your thoughts on this all right so first and foremost uh just on the david ward aspect of this seeing this movie re-watching it like now or, or reviewing it rather um now and also when you first watch it would you have guessed that this is a movie that was directed by a first by essentially a, for lack of a better term he directed one movie in 82 that no one remembers um but this is this is a, a guy who'd basically been a screenwriter and was given this big budget tentpole project with people like charlie sheen um corbin benson and tom berenger would you have thought that no i would have never known um nope i mean i think it's uh this guy, this guy got, uh, he won a lottery. Yeah. I mean, right. Like with being able to, to have made with a cast that he got, the direction of the movie is fantastic, especially one, especially number one. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the writing kind of took over in number two and the directing suffered, but we can talk more about that later. But number one, I mean, number one is, uh, Basically, in my opinion, number one is basically a perfect sports movie. Yes, yes. 
So um, he went on to do another sports movie that I know y'all won't want to do because we have a uh, we outside of any given Sunday we don't like covering football uh, mm-hmm. properties on this show for some reason. Um, he did the, he actually direct wrote and directed the program. Yeah, one of the four good football movies ever made. That's why we avoid it. Well, there's also good football TV shows, but I know we don't like to do those. So um, yeah, that's fine. There's that's where there's there's one. There's not many of them. Okay, there's, there's one good. Well, there's one. been one ever football TV show that's fictional. And- I mean, unless you count Married with Children, a football show, because uh, he yeah. played at Paul Cut. <laughs> um. So look, you know, I I think this right. It's. Like some of the choice, some of the choices in the in this, um, in terms of the directing, right? Because some people are probably like Chris is sounds like he's just choking off this guy. Um, but I think, look, it's incredible. Yes, exactly. So I'd choke him off. I think. So look, so for, metaphorically, so like, to, to give an example, right? Um, the when you watch it, the, when you watch like the climatic uh, playoff game, um, this might this is probably this may not seem that big, but when you look at how they direct films now. Um, 20,000 extras were put into the stands of uh, Milwaukee County Stadium. So baseball stadiums are typically what? Uh, for, between what? 40,000 to 55,000 people? Sometimes 30s. Okay, yeah, sometimes 30s. New right? stadiums. New to stadiums get, yeah. are like 38. Okay, yeah. So to get 20,000 people in 1990, in 1989, right? Probably filmed in 1988 to come to a stadium. Um, and you use that. Anything can happen. These are extras. Um, you can't. That's direct. like a low. That's like loge level and below of any baseball stadium you've ever been to mm-hmm. is full. Yeah. Yeah. So he gets that right. No, no digital altering. And look, we had already had aliens, alien, um, you know, what do you call it? And a host of industrial light and magic. They, they could have just CGI'd it uh, to death or whatever at that point. Yep. But you got 20,000 people to be in the stands. Those kind of directing choices. Here's another thing. Um, one of Demetrius isn't on the podcast, but this clearly would have been his favorite player. It's, it's also, I think it's also Mike's uh, favorite player too. Um, but Willie Mays Hayes. Uh, so fun fact was not able to throw a baseball, like look absolutely crappy and embarrassing at it. Couldn't do it at all. Um, if you know, if you go back and, re- and watch, see the film again, you'll notice that the, that he never actually throws the ball at all in the film. Right. Yep. Yeah, you know what's funny to me is like how some people really can't throw. Like when you watch some of these uh, first pitches from people, like Fifty Cent had a really bad one. Like I don't know, it's just it's always well. Okay. Also, it's also different throwing downhill. Also, Scott, before you go there, uh, uh, before you let me interject really quick. So in the notes, Mike named a bunch of people who couldn't throw. So he 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 listed Fifty Cent, Michael B. Jordan, Barack Obama, Eddie Murphy. Uh, and we got Chadwick Boseman here, and then he listed people that were good at throwing. Um, he put Charlie Sheen, George W. Bush, uh, Ron DeSantis, and I, this, <laughs> James Gandolfini. Uh, so Mike, I'm noticing so, a trend with the people that you name can't throw at all. What's going on? So first of all, first of all, are you saying that all, these people aren't intellectually? I didn't make that list. Okay, all right. I'm I'm kidding. Okay, I'm kidding. You listed the list. Yeah. You said the list. Yeah. I started naming the list. Fifty cent. <laughs> That's where I started off. Very dark list. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, but sorry. All right, Scott, go for what you were saying. No, I mean, no. I think it's a good point. I mean, it's it's um. You're saying it was difficult throwing down. Like, there's a difference between throwing it, down. Yeah, down. exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, when you're on a pitcher's mound, a major league pitcher's mound. There's a big difference. It's sloped. It's it's a lot different than you want. 
You don't want to, unless you know how to take a big step, you don't even really want to make a step. You definitely don't want to pretend like you can throw a fastball mm-hmm. on a mound to to a, to a catcher. Certainly. But it is it is surprising that like, well, it's not that surprising. Look, I think this also relates to why the movies have lost steam. It's mostly a white sport. You know what I mean? It's, I'd argue it's mostly a Dominican sport, baby. Now, yeah. Oh, I mean, they got a whole, well, you know, Always. as, uh, exactly, as Killer Mike, uh, this is an actual quote from him about baseball. Uh, yeah, baseball, they really stopped going to, uh, you know, inner cities to try to make Little League happen there to essentially recruit athletes because they found a cheaper athlete in the mm. Dominican Republic. Yeah. I mean, I would argue that it's a global sport. I mean, you look at the WBC, who won Japan, right? Exactly. Yeah. And they've competed in a high position, like, the last few tournaments. So. You know, it, it's interesting. Um, to, to your point, to, to your point, Mike, right? I wonder if major if we would have been compelled to cover uh, Major League, back to the minors, if they had done Major League World Baseball Classic. Um, I mean, that could be the new spinoff, right? Yeah, y'all, y'all are are y'all familiar with the Bomani Jones? Yeah, yeah. Scott, he's the one you protested. Um, what do you call it? it it's uh, anyways, no. Bomani Jones uh used to be a commentator on ESPN. Now has a show on HBO. I don't know what the name of the show is because he seems to get a lot of shows and they get canceled a lot. Um, but he had talked about this back in April because you know obviously we were doing this 2023 World Baseball Classic was all the rage. He had brought up how the numbers and ratings for the World Baseball Classic were high. Um, he said baseball is not dying. Baseball is dying in the United States. And the reason for that is to Scott's point of, uh, of paraphrasing Killer Mike that essentially uh, the whiteness of the game, like if you go to Korea and Japan, you see a level of excitement and things that are frowned upon here. Same thing if you watch games in Mexico or the Dominican Republic. And I wonder if, like, to, you know, to Killer Mike's point, right, if you can go deeper than that, that – not allowing there to be culture within baseball has helped get it out of the national consciousness. Cause like, look, there's no secret. Like I do think that baseball movies, they're the best things you could do as sports movies. You know, the easiest to do what I mean is that it's easier. I think it's easier than in any sport to get individuals to, to quote a great baseball movie. The last one that we all talked about Moneyball. Yeah. How can you not be romantic about baseball? Mm-hmm. It, the it, the sport writes the movies themselves. It's like it's like uh, the Italian mob, right? Like it, this whole story of it is just romantic. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. Oh, I'm with you. Look, I think uh, I've probably seen Angels in the Outfield 40, 30 times or what have you. Um, that was one of my favorite movies. I bet. Yeah, I didn't really like the team that they used, but I think Dodgers in the Outfield would have been better. But. Um, have like trolley dodgers in the outfield no nah, um, but like angels in the outfield kind of made sense for the storyline you know what i mean yeah, like, of course, yeah. i was team rookie good. i was team rookie of the year while you guys were not oh, rookie of the year was dope. jack yeah, it off angels we, did, okay, okay, we didn't say we didn't like rookie of the year um i saw rookie of the year pretty late and it was after i already hated um that that guy so it's a uh, and also i always want I, like, I would go to the movie store and i always wanted us to get it because i would see the thing or whatever uh i would always see like the 
the previews inside of Blockbuster, and I go, oh, this would be great. Like, a kid gets to be in you know baseball, and you know it was directed by the dude. Dan or Stern the Chicago Cubs too. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So listen, I'm a, I'm gonna ask this then because like you know we're beating around the bush as far as like major league and talking about baseball movies. I was kind of tabling this, but I'm gonna just say, it. what do you, what is you guys' opinion? Because I feel like that period of time during the 80s and 90s, we saw a lot of good baseball movies that mm-hmm. we consider classics, and it could be nostalgic, right? Because we yeah. come from that era. Yeah. But spinning the block real quick to mm-hmm. include Major League, where does this rank then among sports movies for you guys? Uh, kind of low. Um, so here's the thing. There's an it is the greatest. It is the greatest baseball movie ever made. Over Therefore, Dreams? yes. Oh, okay. Therefore, probably the greatest, one of the greatest sports movies ever made. So uh, here's my thing. Um, I so I think that this is a clear movie. If you had to watch it when it came out, I don't know that. Like, if we have listeners who haven't watched Major League, if they're gonna go listen to this podcast, as great as this podcast is, I might add that they're gonna say, "Okay, let me go." check this out or so or and this is but they would see. absolutely love it if they watched it okay i i yeah I, I i guess i just worry like we're more like today media or not media sorry individuals have more cinephile to them i think to uh today um and and let me let me make it clear like this movie did get it 80 has a 83 percent on rotten tomatoes on a few reviews with and has it's like great. an average rating of 6.6 or what have you right um it is. I think that for me, it's a cult movie because it's you see somebody wearing a Ricky Vaughn. That's um, totally fair. Yeah, that's totally fair. Yeah. It is a cult movie. Absolutely. Yeah, and so I like. Here's my thing, right? Is it? I don't think it's a better movie than Rocky One. I don't think it's a better movie than Rocky Two, or Creed Two. I don't think it's a better movie than Cinderella Man. I don't think it's a better movie than Hoop Dreams. I don't think that it's a better movie than uh, Friday Night Lights, the 2004 film. And one of the, I think the the hardest thing I think one of the hardest. Wait, really? Quick question. Yeah. If you flip that around, all of those movies in the list, which of those movies do you say is a better movie than Major League? All of those. Really? Yes, all of those. I don't think. Ah. I think it's a better movie than a few that you mentioned, but I mean, even even like Creed two, for example, Creed two is great, but you can't say it's better than Major League. I think. I mean, is it? I don't think. I think it's a better. Then I think you could definitely say Major League is better than Creed two as well, though. I would disagree. Also, Creed two is cool, but I wouldn't even put Creed two above Creed one. I don't think it's above Creed. Well, I think. Sorry, here. Let me let me clarify that. Um, Creed two has a better story than Creed one, and I think that Creed two. You know what? Actually, let me amend actually what I'm saying here. Um, I so here's I think Creed two might be a more rewatchable film than Major League. So probably it probably I can't say that it's better, but I also do think that part of me is de- is diminishing Major League because it's not as serious serious a movie as some of the others. I think pretty um, serious. Well, yeah, it, but it, you know I, I think I, you're confusing Major League two with Major League one. Well, no, Major Major League is a comedy movie. I mean, do you think a serious sure. movie has a, a B, BW uh, Beetle with uh, the Rolls Royce? Um, the, the Rolls Royce. Say hey, it? say hey. All right, yeah, like this is a this is a comedy movie, you know, and, and that I, is one of the best intros of any yeah. character in the history of a movie. 
Yeah. Um, but we're, we're, because that's, he's that's, only that's a jack. Makes, it's so That's great. what makes Major League so good is that it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's so got a little good. bit of everything. You know, it's, it's a comedy movie. It's a superhero movie. Basically, yeah. Avengers intros their characters like Major League intro the characters. Yeah. Like, okay, so here, like, here's my big thing, right? I love this movie. Um, always have. It's to me, it's a better done version than the a better done version of the replacements. And I know some people might think that I'm shitting on that or so, but I think that thematically it is pretty similar to the replacements. And in terms of the level of camp, it's it's follow suit but a little bit more serious the keanu reeves football movie replacement. Yeah. yeah that's what i was gonna say i was like wait keanu reeves yes you don't you don't think that this is sort of the same sort of tone i guess not theme but tone. Nah, it's better okay well okay yeah all right the, the tone is better sure but every every Everything movie made in the mid 80s had this tone cocktail had this tone like okay every tom cruise movie tom cruise he's a great oh, actor right, okay. right yeah yeah he, He's yeah. good at something. He's really yeah. good. Okay, yeah. So right, And then I'll he say, goes through emotional turmoil and starts a self-doubt cycle that makes him not good. Okay. Until he falls in love with a beautiful woman who brings him back. To- All right. So I'm going to re- I'll redo my ranking. It goes higher than Creed 2. Um Okay. I'll put it higher than Creed 1 because I do You don't have to go back. You said what you said. We have receipts. Well, sure, well, sure, yeah, but I'll, I'll I'm gonna redo. I'm gonna amend them. Like Scott, you can't argue when I'm uh, supporting the argument. I'm with you. I'm with yeah, you. All right. Yeah, anyways, uh, all right. I'll, I'll put it better than the Creed. Flip flopper. Yeah, I'll put it better than both Creed <laughs> movies. All right. All right I still fair. think Friday Night Lights, the film, and Rocky One and Rocky Two are better films, and Cinderella Man is higher than it. So, and I still think it it, it doesn't touch. Me I'm too. with you only on Rocky. There, okay. but. I think Rocky Two is better than Rocky One. Uh, yeah. Ro- yeah. I, I think would... Rocky One and Rocky Two are one movie, but oh, they made okay. it two. Right. I, I mean, basically, it's part one and part two. Yeah. Look, listen, I'll tell you like this: if Rocky One and Rocky Two were was one movie, I would have left after Rocky One because a lot of it is boring. <laughs> say that. It's like great. I understand why it, like, that's a film's film. Uh, but yeah, right, it so is I'll a put, film. Yeah, so right, I'll put Major League. Yeah. Right, I have a, the six. You hate best. the Academy Awards. Yeah, I, I, six. I do. This is the six <laughs> best Major League. Uh, sorry, this is the six best uh, sports film. How's that? Is that right, okay? It, I mean, if you're if it's top ten, I'm not mad at. Yeah. It. Well, okay. It was would, already top ten when it was when I had it below Creed two. Nah, you made it sound like it was outside of your top ten. No, yeah. I, I top ten, but like, you made it sound mid. You made it sound mid. <laughs> okay, so. I made six films, and then yeah, it's like good lord. <laughs> All right, <laughs> base. Where do you rank it amongst baseball movies, real quick? Uh, I, for me, I think. Look, I I think I can see why people would say Field of Dreams is the best baseball movie. I think that Field of Dreams is a great movie that has baseball as a subplot. I think that this is the best movie that's specifically about baseball does that make any sense and it's okay if you say no yeah that makes sense yeah like field of dreams is boring to me like i i saw it once i'm never gonna watch it again just I'm that's not. what i was gonna say is like i don't have field of dreams in my top three because uh-huh. when i saw it it was just kind of boring to me yeah I, I i think for me my top three would probably go major league uh obviously sandlot and then um I'd probably say Angels of the Outfield. Man, you ass know you watched the damn summer catch. Nah, I didn't. <laughs> yes. And Moneyball would probably be like a close, okay. like right at the end. I really like Moneyball. I wish there was more baseball in Moneyball, though. 
Mike, I think we have very similar baseball movie tastes. Bad taste. Um, <laughs> no, because we we actually – Mike and I – we've established this. Mike and I actually understand baseball. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Chris, Chris, with your list, everyone who immediately heard that said, oh, he likes boxing movies over baseball movies. Because they're so, better. What? They're better? Like, I mean, fine. That's yeah, an opinion. Okay. Baseball <laughs> movies are the best sports movies. In my uh, opinion. I, I boxing movies three, are great. Okay, I need three boxing movies. Rocky one, Rocky two, Cinderella one, like one and one, Creed one. You would name five. Oh, Creed uh, one and okay. two. Yeah, I named five. That's fine. Wait, I didn't name Creed one to the list. I don't like that. I'm uh, surprised okay. you didn't mention Raging Bull. Uh, That's a good I don't like one. That. So anyway, let's go. Let's, let's not go black off black, topic. Yeah. We're doing. A, we're doing. How are you movie. telling people to not go off topic? All right, go ahead. I, I, it's fine. Yes. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So Chris uh, doesn't my, know about my baseball. Tea, my pots and tea kettles are all white. Sure. By the way, sure. Okay. Chris doesn't know about baseball. Where you left things at. So no no no. Here's I I think why to me this is one of the I agree with your point 100% though where you said it's a baseball movie about baseball. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, it is through and through about baseball, which mm-hmm. is why it's so good. And if you've ever played baseball, the locker room, the c- spring ball, the fucking like to me the music. Like you guys know who did the soundtrack, right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, it, yeah, the mu- the music was done by James uh, James Newton Howard. Just for everyone who is uh, curious, and if anyone needs to know who James Newton Howard is, um, he has won a Grammy. He has won an Emmy. Uh, I believe he has won a, quite a few Academy Awards. He did uh, Space Jam, Pretty Woman, The Dark Knight, King Kong, um, the Peter Pan movie that Scott watched um, in two thousand three, and he also did the Fugitive soundtrack. So, and he works with Hans Zimmer quite a bit too. Exactly. Um, and well, you're, you're even forgetting, uh, some of the songs. Most, it wasn't all of them. Um, well, you want me to hum the songs? We already got the, no, uh, yeah, who wants that smoke? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I know. I know. Uh, I, I just think, I just think of, I just think of the Randy Newman song, like, on the Cuyahoga River, uh, <laughs> like James, the whole intro. You wait, know? wait, what song is that? Burn on. From what movie? From Major League. Oh wait, when, when does that play? Oh, that's the intro of the of the whole movie. Okay. Sure. You know, uh, no, it's all good. All right. The whole first one, the, the whole intro. That's where the construction workers are. Yeah, that's okay. Where all right. Boy, yes, you're right. You're right. About. You're yeah. right. So, okay. Wait, I thought you were confusing James Newton Howard with Randy Newman. I was like, wait. No, 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 no. Okay. no. I'm saying he got Randy Newman into it, but James Newton Howard. I mean, that's a great call out. The the whole music, the whole soundtrack. Yeah. I mean. They get like the fever pitch of it, wild thing, right? Yeah. As as the thing, like the music is such a part of, in my opinion, of baseball. The graphics, like you know what I mean. That sound is so baseball. They get all of it in there. So the whole movie is about baseball, and the best part about number one and why it's so good, mm-hmm. and and I think we'll talk more about it in the categories, but. Uh, it is narrated by the baseball announcer, yes. the genius that is Bob Uecker. Number one is narrated by it. Number two co- becomes more shtick. All right, so yeah. really quickly, uh, on that part, Bob Uecker, so fun fact, he did not, when Bob Uecker was, ca- was when, Bob, when they had cast Bob Uecker, uh, I believe they did not know that he had worked, uh, he had actually been announcer for uh, Milwaukee for a number yep. of years. He had known him 
because uh, and like regional radio, I think, right? It yeah. wasn't like he wasn't like uh, Cubs win, Cubs win. You know, he wasn't like the voice of of the Brewers. But so you may you may under, wonder wonder, all right, if you didn't know how he did that, how do you find him? He had been he had played uh, George Owens on the show, uh, Mister Belvedere. Mister Belvedere, which Scott watches to this day and quotes to this day. I that Mister Belvedere basically helped raise me when I was a kid. <laughs> I love it. Um, Scott, continue your point. Sorry. No, I mean, that was basically, it's a good call out about Bob Uecker, but like, so I agree with your point a hundred percent. Yeah. And that's why I actually think having grown up my, my, you know, my first sport was baseball. I love baseball. Everything about baseball. I have baseball ticket. I mean, you guys, I don't know if anybody else here has, uh, at bat, but like I've had it for like eight years. I get to watch every game. It's fucking phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Um, the, you major know. league major league is a bit like because the other movies that are great like sandlot for yeah, example Scott, sandlot is about did you have stratomatic i don't know what stratomatic is uh, it's basically you got like it's basically a baseball board game and like you have like players cards. oh they did have that yeah yeah so i had that yeah i had that i knew the name so and there's baseball the game the, the 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 card game have you ever played baseball with regular cards no, i thought stratomatic was better uh, it's probably because yeah. I mean you have the uh, it's the same game you just yeah. have like a board yeah but yeah I'm I'm sorry continue I apologize no no no, no. I, like Little League Little League game like Sandlot is about Little League right like mm-hmm. the the outfield that you like the characters that you had and like the 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 thing as a kid how how the experience was Major League as a it would mean, that was that was it like that was what baseball is if you could to your point about they got. Cleveland Indians, they got Yankees, they had the pinstripes, they had White Sox, like they had the uniforms, Mm -hmm. they had players. The fucking uh, baseball coach was uh, Jaeger. Yeah. uh, Yeah. From from the Dodgers. Yeah. Uh, Clue was like a Dodgers catcher, I might add. Exactly. So they had real players. Like this was a yes, this was a baseball movie. Way better than Johnny Bench. Through and. You still you there? Could take you could take that back. Right <laughs> All right, sorry. Continue. Way better. Well, Johnny, come on. Johnny was amazing. He didn't even stand up. He could throw play second. His his throwout rating literally is like eighty. It's modern baseball good. Mm-hmm. Eighty two, and he threw from his knees. Sorry, Benito Santiago. But Benito could not bat like Johnny Bench could bat. He was a I mean, full round player. Will Smith is the own. Will Smith is like maybe new Johnny Bench. Love him so much, by the way. Underrated. Yeah, I think he's good. like the second best catcher in the game right now, and he's gonna be the best one. I think he's already the best. But I'm biased. He might be. I I love it. I'm a huge. I'm a fucking Will Smith yeah, stand. I went to his first game that he blew up. When it did, that he blew up, he had a walk off against uh, the Philadelphia Phillies. Man, he's fucking party. awesome, dude. He's so good. Uh, yeah, uh, but but Chris doesn't love baseball apparently. Um, what do you call it? Anyhow, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've only been to 450 Dodger games in like 10 other stadiums. We've been to a couple Dodger games. I know, I've, been, I mean, I've only been to PNC Park, Bush Stadium. You know, fucking Kaufman. Come on. Uh, anyways, so look, nice. I want to talk a little bit about uh, number two because uh, all right, where did I want to number two? Right. So obviously, yeah, we're we're not gonna spoil it. Well, we can spoil things. You sh- y'all should have watched the damn movie if you're. Listening, right? Obviously, ends with them beating the Yan- beating the Yankees uh, in a one game playoff, and then losing 
to the New York Yankees. All right. Now, number two. All right. Fame gets to them. The ultimate story. It's just like Rocky Three. All right. Fame gets to them. Uh, the success has uh, changed a bit of their attitudes or what have you. Um, everyone's just getting endorsements. Uh, Serrano just fucking, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, some things happen, right? Uh, he, he, he loses his Yasiel Puig nature and everything, right? <laughs> um, and they really make ah, Willie Puig was so good. Uh, stereotype. Where did number two go wrong? Number two went wrong that it is not a baseball movie. Okay. It is a now completely a comedy surrounded by baseball. I also think um, it is a victim of the act bringing the actors back to succeed. Uh-huh. So Wesley Snipes did not come back. Obviously, Omar Epps is now Willie Mays Hayes. But that, that was yeah. a huge role for Wesley yeah. Snipes at that time. So, and a background on that, essentially what it came down to is Wesley Snipes felt that he was too big to do these movies and had become too big of a star to return for the sequel. Unless the sequel was about him. Mm-hmm. But the sequel was not about Willie Mays Hayes. It was about Wild Thing. Yeah. Which and is that's crazy. In my, like, right. Who, who would tune in, like, Obviously, part one was about Ricky Vaughn. Yeah. Like, Willie Mays Hayes was a good character, but, like, what what was Wesley Snipes even thinking that they could, mm-hmm. you know, redirect the movie to yeah. be about him? Yeah, this is a, this, you know what? This is going to be a new... Well, the uh, first award. movie was more about Rob Berenger, remember? Yeah, it was, yeah. Can we make this about an Jake award? Taylor. Um, yeah. the, the, can we make a uh, Terrence Howard award? A, Ter- a Terrence Howard uh, <laughs> Wesley Snipes award for when you... Think that you're bigger than you are, and the show goes on without you. Yeah, I think that could be the new category. Yeah, yeah, let's call it award. Yeah, let's call it. Award. You're so big, you ain't even gotta pay taxes, bro. <laughs> yeah, uh, you gotta, you gotta drop the Terrence Howard main. You, you so big, you don't even gotta pay taxes, main. Main, yeah, Iron <laughs> Main, main. Iron Man, main. Um, so look. The, I number two, like to Scott's point, wasn't it wasn't really about baseball. Um, here's one of my issues. You know, look, if you if y'all know me, you know I think that '90s movies suck for the most part. Outside of like Jurassic Park, The Matrix, Saving Private Ryan, and like a few, maybe The Sixth Sense and Terminator 90, Two. Ninety one was one of the single greatest years of filmmaking of all. Yeah, time. I said Terminator Two. I, like I don't really know okay. what else. Like, point Titanic, break. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, Titanic. Right? Point so break. I think there are 10 good movies in the 90s, right? So I'm an 80s movies mark. I am a 90s TV show mark. I think that this movie was the one of the more 90s type things you can see in your life. Um, this only came out five years after the it's first. Fantastic point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, now, here's a subtle thing. What do you think was a key difference between one and two outside of it not being about baseball? I mean, I think one had the storyline with it, right? Okay, yeah. Like, Essentially, the owner has a deal to move the team to Miami and then trying to sabotage them to just get the ticket sales to plummet so that they can get out of their lease. Yeah. Which is a very realistic scenario in modern times today. Yeah. (laughs) But um, Um, the storyline was there, you know, and I feel like number two kind of just capitalized off of like what you mentioned earlier, their success, the fame mm -hmm. got to them. So you don't have that same like kind of like underground edge anymore. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh yeah, we did this, and then now this is where the story continues. Hundred percent. Yeah. So for me, I think that the big thing is that it, it, it this movie was rated PG, while the first one was rated R. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's a big difference. 
I don't which think Bauer and I talked about this earlier about it oh. being rated R and like as a kid trying to watch that and having to tape the TV version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was inappropriate. <laughs> I, exactly, I did. My buddy, uh, I've watched. So to your point uh, about the G version, and it is a bit cult of a film too. Mm-hmm. I probably watched this movie 250 times. As a kid, I probably watched it a hundred times. And in my house, I could watch the real version, mm-hmm. but we went, we went, we were like church people. So my parents had to like put up, you know, I couldn't take the rated R movie to my friend's house. So their parents had uh, taped the movie on like TNT or TBS or whatever. Uh-huh. And so there was no cuss words. Oh, wow. So he never, and then this kid became my college roommate later on. I finally played him the real movie, and he was like, oh, oh, my God. Like, because they're like, oh, fuck you, Dorn. <laughs> like, they oh, wow. fight, and they, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, just fucking win, right? Like, all the cuss words. He never, he never saw them. So, they, yeah, that was funny. Okay, was so, say, yeah, I mean. go from that to then the PG version? I think so. Here's 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 I think the biggest difference. It's we're all saying the same thing. I'll summarize it. I think I think the first movie is a film. It's cinema. It's real movies. The second one's like a '90s sitcom. Well, That's '90s sitcoms were great. Um, I think that the second one was a '90s movie. All right. Just... Right. I mean, exactly. It was more sitcom than it was film. Okay. Well, I, th- yeah, I think it's something that was it's thrown together you know um and i think maybe they somewhere warner brothers said hey we have this ip that we can use let's call it morgan creek and see hey can you go ahead and get some of these people and they go well uh you know charlie sheen's doing movies you know charlie sheen's kind of hanging out you know uh you know you know waiting on a young guns two or something like that right um let's go and get him and tom Beringer. well i mean his face is more fucking scarred than it was previously but he's got three times the amount of hair he's a chia pet (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> um, and they go, and Corbin Benson, you could definitely get him. And at this point, I don't know what Dennis Hainsburg was doing, like, outside of these movies. Um, but I'm pretty sure they just say, yeah, these people are all available, right? Um, very, you know, very notably. He wasn't they, doing Allstate commercials yet, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, nah, he I was think, just starting his career. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. went to 24 after that? Is that what it was? Uh, well, there's like a long later. time in between. Yeah, long time. Because 24 was like post 9-11. This is like, uh, right. right? This movie's like post the original World Trade Center bombing. Um, so, what do you call oh, it? Oh, nine. Uh, what's up? No, 96. Right? Uh, 94. 94. Okay. Yeah. Um, what do you call it? Um, what do you call it? Look, it, it, I, one of the things I didn't I didn't like about this is that, you know, they, lo- they lost uh, Phelps. Right, I, or may, I'm hope I'm pronouncing that. Correct. Her name was yeah Phelps, right? Rachel Phelps. Rachel Phelps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought that her subplot in the first one, you know, showgirl gets you know, you know, is pulls an fantastic, yeah, fantastic casting. Yeah, and so I'm supposed to believe that the third baseman somehow is a team owner now. Well, remember he was all about his contract and he was investing and he yeah. was like rich in the first one. Yeah. So I, I think midway through the second one, Phelps is brought back or whatever. Um, I'm gonna cut your fucking nuts off. What? <laughs> yeah. Um, That's what Jake Taylor tells him in his like mansion. Remember? Oh yes, like, yes, yes, yes. At the end, how's the portfolio yeah. going? He's like, yeah, good man. I got one question to ask you. Yeah. If you ever pull a fucking ball off like that again, I'm gonna fucking cut your nuts off. <laughs> 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 it's, it's why it's like T. 
<laughs> yeah. Because uh, he duffs the play on purpose so that uh, Charlie Sheen won't get the win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. You're, okay, I, yes, you're right. Here, I want to, like, number two. All right. This play, this movie is all, all right. So it starts out with Dorn as the owner, right? He sells the team back to Phelps, who's trying to do the exact same shit she did in number one. Yes. This is, all right. So my, here's one of my biggest issues with films. Um, look, I'm going to go ahead and spoil some things. For any of our listeners that haven't seen Avatar 2, don't waste time going to see it. Is it the, They're in the exact same position at the end of the movie that they were in at the end of number one. All right. Or at the beginning of number one. Major League Two falls in that trap for me. You know, like, when you watch the, like, we haven't done these yet. I don't know why, but we haven't done the X-Men trilogy. Very noticeably, they have to deal with the same villain all the way throughout. Which trilogy? Uh, any of them. Like, Magneto just, they, they don't find out what, what to do about Magneto at all in any of them. Oh, he's one of the greatest villains, yeah, maybe, the, of all time. He is my, he's a top five. I know that. For me, right? I think he's your favorite villain, I think, of all time, well, probably, superhero. right? He's a superhero. Yeah, he is. Yeah, 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 he's doing the right thing. Um, you know, but definitely my favorite. Movie, I mean, he's kind of a killmonger. You realize this? I don't like, right? I don't like, I'm not a killmonger guy. But it's the same. But it's essentially the same character. Yeah, but yeah. Magneto is more likable, powerful, yeah. and likable. Well, yeah. Um. So my biggest pet peeve is like when the the, the plot doesn't move forward. Um. And one of the criticisms I have about the show Martin is that um from episode from episode one to the last ep- to this to the penultimate episode. There's been no character growth. Um, they're in the exact same position. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Uh, this is this is the difference between uh, film and and TV. And now, what's interesting is the creation of Netflix has actually uh, sort of intertwined the two. But here, uh, here's the thing about film. Film has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And then if it's a trilogy, you somehow make it lo- last longer, or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, sitcom, the formula is, um, well, Jerry Seinfeld would say his theory is that you have to have a place. You have to have mm-hmm. a place that people like. So Cheers, it's the bar. Yeah. Seinfeld, it's his apartment. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, uh, the characters, for the most part, don't change. Uh-huh. You have to like the characters. Yeah. So you have to like the characters as much as you have to like the place. Yeah. And... So you write the characters, you write the place, and then all of this wacky stuff happens to them, and maybe you get 20, 20 seasons or whatever, right? Uh-huh. Um, film is supposed to sort of have a beginning, a middle, and an end. So I think it's not it's actually not a criticism of, of Martin that it was that. I think it's a compliment to Martin that they were able to sustain those characters for as long okay. as they could. Mm, that's fair. Um, well, I, I, look, you know, I love... I love uh, I love seeing some seeing some growth and things advancing forward, but for them to be in the exact same spot, I'm just like, come on, what like what's you know? I'm like, can we we could have done anything, right? Like even if they wanted to continue the sort of uh, the theme of them being the sort of uh, the, you know comeback unexpected losers or whatever, right? Just do it differently, where the subplot's not the same thing, right? Like don't in fact don't they play isn't isn't them playing the White Sox like a major part of the movie again too? Yeah, of course. Yeah. It was uh well, I guess the difference with the White Sox it, well, no, it was basically the exact same thing. 
it was like division rivals. I think in both circumstances, it was about either going, I think in two, they actually made it to the World Series by beating the White Sox. Yes, correct. And yes. number one, they beat the White Sox and then lost to the Yankees. No, no, well, no, or they, they beat the Yankees reverse, yeah. and then lost, right? And then yeah, lost so it was reverse, yeah. yeah. So, okay, that's fair. But you right. didn't see any of the white, yeah, spots. you're right. Sorry, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Okay, so it, it's they they did continue the progression of the plot, then all right, maybe perhaps I was a little bit uh too heady, but here. but they but they but the character to your point, the characters were the same, yeah, except for except for uh Charlie Sheen, he flipped and then it was about him getting back to who he was, or whatever. yeah, and, and it was just so it. cheesy. It was a sitcom cheesy. Yeah, well, like, and I, I actually think that the how the characters acted because it's it's this is the story about them finding themselves. It's the story of Rockadoodle, right? And it's the story of Rocky Three. I think that part, but I think from a plot standpoint, right? They went, they just decided let's make a PG version of Major League One, and then we'll yeah. we'll just we'll just pull up Always Sunny in Philadelphia when they recreate. Uh, sure. The weapon. They go. Oh, mid mid movie. We're gonna go give this team back to Phelps after Dorn inexplicably is able to buy a team that lost in the ALCS. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um. Do you guys remember the scene? I think I think the best way to describe the difference of the two movies. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the scene in the first one where Tom Berenger asks Willie Mays Hayes and uh, uh, Wild Thing out Rick Do- Rick. Vaughn mm-hmm. out to uh, so Wesley Snipes and Charlie Sheen out to like a dinner. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Rick tore the sleeves off of his tux. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wesley Snipes is like looks like a jock, like looks like he came from the gym. And they get into this really fancy restaurant, and that's where he sees uh, his. He goes, "Oh, that's my wife." But that that whole scene is so funny because like Rick Vaughn has no idea what he's doing there. Mm-hmm. He orders a beer. Uh, Wesley Snipes just orders champagne. He's like just so pretentious about it, like leans into it. Uh, it's so great and yeah. so real and raw about what like baseball players go through. Mm-hmm. Number two had nothing authentic like that. Yeah, it was just like a bunch of scenes and stuff. And it's like the charity with the kids was supposed to be like tearing at your heart but you're like it's so hallmark like it's just so cheesy <laughs> yeah so check this out um also i think that uh i, I want to comment on the chemistry of the cast really quickly so the the actors part of their casting um they had to actually play catch with each other um and that's essentially how uh that's essentially how they what do you call it uh what do you call it they that's essentially how they auditioned for the role and they would con- they would continue to do that and work on their mechanics and what have you. Um, and they then they also had to go through their own version of spring training as well. Um, I, and I think what do you call it? Look, you know, I think that the, the one of the it was a real baseball movie. Man. Exactly. Yeah. And and I think that with within that right, um, obviously having Jaeger in it and who was also a technical advisor for the film. Nice. I, I think that helped. You know, that, that obviously helps with the realism of it, right? But individuals got to have that training camp montage or being at like military training. You know, yeah. You're actually spending these time with these folks. It's not just coming in and pulling a Jack Nicholson. Hey, I was given eighty million dollars to be here, and I showed up for only the scenes that I was doing. Um, they actually yeah. decided that you know, like they 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 spent some time um, riding the bus, if you will. You know. Um, Okay, but it was real. It was like in the second one, it was just like I don't know. Let's bring this hayseed character guy who who becomes the narrator. Oh wow, Willie's really got some power, huh? 
<laughs> All right, so uh, let's uh, Mike. We haven't heard from you in a while, man. You still there? Yeah, I'm right here. Okay, look, I thought you disappeared, yo. I'm ready to start the topics. Okay, all right. Let's go. Let's go ahead and get the topics. Damn. All right. That was a good. That was actually a very natural segue, though. Okay. Um. Okay. So we did the where does this rank around sports movies and where does this rank around uh, amongst baseball movies? Let's go. Best film of the trilogy. Or number one. Duology, rather. Yeah, it's number one. It's yeah, not even close. It, yeah, it's look. We we for all the reasons that we said. Uh, just number two, it's PG. It was basically D2, the Mighty Ducks, mixed with the plot of me, of number one. <laughs> All right. Um, Perfect but- summary. That should be, like, literally the, like, you go to the IMD or, like, whatever, Roku page to order it. Yeah. D2 beats the first film's characters. <laughs> um. <laughs> What do you call it? So, what, uh, look, we're gonna, we're gonna, since uh, we already, we, since we already know what the best one is, we know what the worst one is. If we had done the trilogy, number three would have been uh, that would have been listed. Let's talk Stone Cold appearance. All right, Stone Cold appearance. What do we got? Not a lot of Stone Cold Stunners. Oh, my God. I thought that was you. Uh, I'm going to go. Ooh, it's tough. I think there's two. Okay. Um, I think definitely Pete Vukovic as okay. Clue Haywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete Vukovic was actually a Cy, Cy Young Award winner. Okay. And now he becomes Clue Haywood for the Yankees, the hated hitter. It's like the first hitter he uh, he has to get past. Uh, uh, let's sub in Ricky. Are you sure? The last time they faced this guy, he hit it a mile. Yeah, but I got a feeling he's due. <laughs> you know, against yeah. him. Um, and then also, I think uh, Randy Wade's character, I think his name's just Johnny. Yes, yes. just <laughs> Like, he makes the second movie pretty watchable. Like, yeah. he's pretty hilarious. Okay. Um, and, and, like, his whole character plot to me... Mm-hmm. makes it rewatchable nice okay i'm with you uh, yeah so it's like you know so, oh you know they'll turn it around they'll turn it around you know we got a couple of hitters yeah serrano's kind of doing his thing hey, my, my, <laughs> my man said he's been working on this impression for 30 years yeah <laughs> he's been waiting for this moment yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right but, mike, who, mike who you got um I'm going blue blazer on here. I'm coming down from the rafters. And, oh wow! Uh, <laughs> Damn. Yeah. All right. Wait. Wait. Who? No, I mean, like, I, I got nothing. Oh, word. All right. Good lord. I don't think the Hart family is going to be listening to this podcast after that. All right. Check this no out. No disrespect. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So check this analogy. out. I have something that y'all will not expect, and that's why I did not fill this out because I want to surprise y'all, and also y'all be copying me sometimes. So, Jeremy Piven. And number one, if you have now, Scott, I know you watched this at VHS after you rented it from the Albertsons and everything like that. However, for those people who had DVDs, you can get the Major League DVD and there is a cut deleted scene. And that includes Jeremy Piven in it. And he plays a bench jockey that that talks the most amount of shit. It is quick. It is brief. It is funny. Now go watch it. Okay. Interesting. Yes. All right. Uh, and Jeremy Piven, I guess he could. Uh, I could have used that for a different. Uh, 
Would this have been it. in a? That's okay. Would this have been in one of the series where like the field crew were being like they shitty, and then like the construction works, eh, they're not so fucking shitty, and then like would it have got? Is is that the scene he's included in, or what kind of? No, scene no, is no. It? Um, so well, basically, it's, or it's in four. number two. No, it's in number one. It's in number one. Okay. Um, it is actually before the final playoff game. Mm. So yeah, you've All got right. it. You've got to check it out. It is legit. It's, uh, I think, I don't know why they had cut the scene or what have you. Ward had just said that, uh, what do you call it? It's because he actually, he, he, like, he talks a lot of shit, like, you, like, it, well, really quickly. So he talks a bunch of shit, like, really great before the scene. You do see him, I think, one or two other times, though, like, saying this random funny shit almost. Like, so they just cut his whole act out of it. Yeah, he's completely cut. I don't know why they had done it or so, but I think they, it was due to runtime, but it doesn't seem like it took up much time, but. You, you do get a, what do you call it? Uh, you do get like a... So he was the Randy Quaid character in number one, basically. Yes. Yeah, basically, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so go go watch the, watch the, if you get the go buy the DVD and the deleted, or just maybe just go on YouTube. Never mind, no one's going to buy it. I don't know why. I'm <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that was so cool about DVDs, though. Yeah. That's like the low-key dope culture of DVDs, yeah, is all those extras. too. Oh, yeah, same. Yeah, I have it like in a box. I don't put it out because people come to the house and they go, fuck, this guy's antiquated, you know. So, those are going to come back like record players did to watch. Black Black Chris has like 14 CD books and DVDs in his storage unit that he just nice. moved out of right now. Brother. Why doesn't he have the – you know you're supposed to have the – He box. doesn't even have a working DVD player. You know you're supposed to have the boxes for the DVDs? I know. Like CDs? What is he 100% doesn't. doesn't yeah. Know, yeah. Um, okay. A-plus casting. Alright. What do we got? Bob Uecker is Harry Doyle. Mm, okay. Um I think to your point earlier where you said they didn't even really know, if they didn't even know yeah. and this guy just came in and crushed it. Huh. Like first off so he, he I think I said mentioned this before. He narrates the first film. Uh-huh. Um which all good baseball movies have a quasi narrator, uh-huh. right? Um, he narrates it through actual commentary and his drunkenness earlier. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's so great. Uh, you haven't been paying attention. Yeah, wow. Okay, the yeah. Wahoos, <laughs> the Wahoos have been able to win a few games in a row and yeah. are climbing out of the cellar. Oh. Yeah, anyway, that's great. Mike, what do you got, yo? Uh, Man, I got to go with the one and only Charlie Sheen. Nice. Ricky Wild Thing Bong. He made that movie, bro. Yeah. And this was like peak Charlie Sheen, too. Charlie Sheen in the 80s was the shit. Then he kind of went on his little... And then he kind of made a little comeback real quick, but I feel like this was like the Charlie Sheen that was on top of the world. Yes. Non-AIDS Charlie Sheen. Well, yeah, I think, well, it's weird. Like, I think this is when people are like, all right, this guy's the next Tom Cruise. Sure. Um, And then it was pretty, I think it should have been pretty clear to people like, yeah, that's just not. Um, yeah. But I mean, he was killing everything at that point. Yeah. it's Well, because it's like, look, you get what? You got Wall Street. You've got, uh, I mentioned Young Guns. You've got, what do you call it? And then you've got uh, uh, Platoon. Platoon. Yeah. And Wall, Wall Street, Platoon. You, then you have this. And you're like, all right, this is going to go somewhere. I don't know what happened in the 90s with him. Um, I guess we should have done a retrospective on his it's career. It's a hell of a drug. 
Yeah, let's talk a little bit about it, like Charlie Sheen, though. Sorry, I should have done this earlier, but like, what what do you think happens? Um, because you know, he comes out, you got you have uh, you got Hot Shots, you know, you got the he's. Do you think that he became typecast into Goofy or whatever? Like, no, nah, I think he just kind of went off the rails a little bit. Well, like, we like, saw a little bit of a comeback, like with Money Talks and. Whatnot. Well, like Money like, Talks and like Major League Two are only three years apart, or whatever. Young right? Guns. But that's like, all within. Well, like, I'm talking like, look, you go from the late '80s to the early '90s or whatever, right? And then he get he he ends up re- re- basically replacing Michael J. Fox on Spin City or whatever, right? To go from having like being sort of the guy to the type of movies he was doing in the late man, that's that Spin City role is sort of like the uh, the uh, Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher role in Harry Potter. It seems to be a cursed character. What Spin City? That that role. Oh, but he played a different person, though. Uh, yeah, because he was the uh, what? What? Sure. Well, they weren't just going to be like. Uh, it's it's not like Fresh Prince where they just get another black lady. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess they did. Like they did try to make it where he's like a he's a playboy. But I'm saying they went from like Parkinson's to like his disease. That's a tough. God, you no don't want you don't want to have been on Spin City. Okay. Damn. Everyone else made it out okay, though. Richard Kind and Carla Gugino and, you know, Michael yeah. Boatman. Yeah. You know. um, That's what I'm saying. Is that one role. Okay, yeah. Just, oh, so just playing the deputy mayor in uh, <laughs> Spin City is a curtain. Okay. Uh, I don't know how to transition from that. So let's uh, look. Okay, so we, Mike, you're saying he went off the rails. I don't know that anything ha- crazy happened in his personal life that, you know, what do you call it? I don't know that anything happened crazy in his personal life that you would think, okay, he went off the rails. Like, for, I don't know. Like, to me, it seems like he just. He did Major League Two as the number one character, and it was terrible. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's because, uh, like, look, if you look at it, like, the guy, he shot Kelly Preston by accident, apparently, or whatever. Um, and then <laughs> in between one and two, if y'all don't know that, just look it up. He did shoot Kelly Preston. Yeah. Um, and then he started dating, um, I think he started dating porn stars, basically. And then he gets Major League Two, and it's like he's still doing things with, what do you call it? He's still doing things like money talks, right? But it, he just disappeared. For like We're talking about a guy that was heralded as the next Tom Cruise, right? As the pre-Rob Lowe. And he's like doing slapstick like movies and everything. Like uh, I'm just curious what we think happened. Yeah, Maybe I mean, we've never, we've never thought it about could it. could be a little bit of typecasting, but, you know, we never know what was going on behind the scenes in the uh, the Hollywood world that maybe got him also, uh, I don't want to say blackballed, but probably just not considered for these big roles anymore. Yeah. To quote the great, to quote the great, to quote the great LT from a great football movie. Guys, this brings me to my next point. Don't. Do crack. <laughs> All right, I love that we're just saying he did crack. It. <laughs> he just got... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we're not, not wrong. All right. I, I'm, I, okay. Uh, all right, let's get back to our awards. <laughs> right. uh, okay. Best moment. I got to, you know, going back. On oh, the wait, point. hold on. Hold on. Sorry. All right. I got, I didn't, I, I noticed that I skipped myself in A plus casting. Okay. Now, as the uh, biggest supporter of feminism on this show, 
Um, I must lambast y'all for not mentioning women as much as I have on the show, um, or, and this episode in particular, because best casting, it goes to one person. There's some I... recency bias only in that comment. Okay, so there is, uh, there, it goes one person and one person only. When I think about this person, I think they're the second person I think about when I think about Major League, and that is the one, the only, the vaunted Lynn Weslin, played by Rene Russo. All right. So hot. Yes. All right. Look, Thor's mom. All right. This was, I think that this was her breakout role, if I am not mistaken. Um, Prior to this, she, yeah, I don't think she'd done a movie before this. And I think she had appeared on one television show for a few episodes. Um, So she was discovered on this, killed it. And this started one heck of a career that made her the go-to. This is a stable wife of the 1990s. All right. Whether she's doing, what do you call it? Whether she's doing Lethal Weapon 3, whether she's doing Outbreak, Get Shorty, Tin Cup, Ransom, you know, the Thomas Crown Affair. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. She wanted all that smoke in Thomas Crown Affair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. We, might, <laughs> yeah, we need to see things in the sequel so we can do that movie. All right. <laughs> yeah. Look, um, I am, look, I am like really high on Renee Russo, classy woman. Um, that never acted stupid, you know. Uh, I am, I'm with it, uh, and her portrayal in this, right? Of uh, you know, I think they did a good job of capturing that. Okay, these two still are into each other, or whatever, right? But she's reluctant and everything. He uh, and she. Eight hundred meter individual medley. She gets gonna be a, real big by then. She gets that boy Jake Taylor to come out with a classic line, which she says, "Hey, you have a bunch of women." He go, "Man, what's the matter? Don't you want a guy that's in demand?" And that is the truest thing on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So all the beta guys. She, how could I resist her? She told me she had a better body than you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Just solid all across the board. All right, Mike, I had, I had cut you off. So let's go back to awards. Um, you were starting to say best moment. Uh, I, I was going to piggyback off of uh, Bauer's um, commentary about Harry Doyle. Mm-hmm. And uh, best moment for me was just the scene with uh, Ricky Vaughn where he comes up against, uh, comes up to pitch and he just walks like three straight batters and he's basically, you know, talking about his bad aim. Uh, I think at one point he throws like his eighth ball and he's like, ball one, ball two, ball four, ball eight. That's 12 <laughs> balls and Vaughn's loaded the bases. How are these guys laying off these pitches? <laughs> Because it starts off, he's so nonchalant about it. He's like, oh, just yeah. ball just a little outside. But it's like way outside. Oh, yeah. ball just a little high. And he's just, he's trying not to like talk he about He takes his hand away from the mic. This guy sucks. <laughs> Great moment. Uh, I think it's obvious. The Jake Taylor point to squeeze. So... This is why it's a baseball, baseball movie. Uh-huh. When Jake, end of the first one, when he's up against Duke, uh, or no, uh, yeah, what what is his name? The Duke, they call him the Duke. Um, the pitcher. Uh, this this guy once threw at his own son in a father-son game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he points to left field. Classically done by Babe Ruth in what was it, the 32 World Series, 36 World uh-huh. Series, something like that. Babe Ruth actually hits a home run. Correct. Calls his own shot. 
Babe Ruth actually hits the home run. Jake Taylor calls it. And the music is so good, too. So the first, first moment, he calls it. They go, he calls his own base. Calls his own shot. He throws at him. Like, literally throws at his face. Mm-hmm. He has to dive in the dirt. Taylor gets up, refuses to dust himself off. It's, like, so amazing. Yeah. Calls it, it again. Yeah. Yes. Literally, when he calls it, it goes... <clears throat> like, hits this tone. And then it starts going... Pitch comes, wind up, no commentary. It's just, it's just silent. Mm-hmm. Bunts. Yes. On shitty knees. He has like Dwayne Wade, 2004. Terrible Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade. Starts running. The music gets slower. Uh, the first thing that you see is right when the ball hits. Because they call it. And he goes, that's a hell of an idea. <laughs> and then call. Anyway, does Willie he, Mays hate. What's that? Does he get it on with Lynn after that or no? Oh, it's gonna happen. <laughs> but, He's in the stands, yeah. pointing at her hand and shit. You know. So no, but right when the bunt happens, it's yeah. so unexpected. But Willie Mays Hayes goes, ah. starts stealing, goes right, literally lays down the bunt. Third baseman goes, shit. Has to run up, fields it, takes one second because Willie is around third base by then, like in his in his ear pocket, mm-hmm. running. He like pauses for a second, like what the fuck, and then throws it, and that gives Taylor just enough time to beat out the throw. Willie Mays Hayes, they call him safe. So the guy at first pauses, he's like shit, throws it home. Willie Mays, hell of a dive. Dives. Nothing happens, and all it is is close up to the umpire. Safe! Nice. They fucking win the pennant. Make the playoffs. Unbelievable. Alright, yeah. I'm with it. The climax. So, my best moment. I actually have two of them, but I couldn't decide, and y'all are going to be shocked because they're both from the second one. All right, so the first one. There's a guy in there who basically buzzed from Home Alone and Sid from Toy Story <laughs> and uh, that guy Val from Brink Sid from that Disney Toy movie. Story. All right, <laughs> and that's that Dave <laughs> Jack Parkman. All right, that piece of shit that they got from the Oakland A's. All right. Anyways, does his little wiggle makes the women in Cleveland puke? <laughs> so, anyways, guy's completely asshole. Right, no one likes him. Yo, know, it's uh, anyways. He gets traded, uh, and he gets traded, and he ends up on the White Sox. So during in the ALCS, um, our guy who looks like Demetrius, and that being the new Willie Mays. Come on, Dorn, get in front of the damn ball. This guy. All right. So Parkman, Parkman's (laughs) fucking killing it, right? And I think he like destroys uh, Rube or whatever um, at home, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Right. Anyways. With the line. uh... You were on the train tracks, and the chain came through hayseed. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, really quick. All right. So, Willie Mays Hayes tells him point blank. All right? All right. He he tells him point blank that he's, uh, you know, he says, hey, I'm going to be able to score, and I'm not going to slide. 
All right. Because I get a, I get on base, I get a chance to score. I don't plan on sliding. Yeah. Then, all right, you're like, okay, how's he gonna do this, right? He calls his bluff. You better get a death sentence. <laughs> that is the commentary. Scott's good with yeah. this part, all right. So Parkman, all right. Uh, Parkman gets the ball, right? But Hayes just fucking, just fucking black man can't jumps his ass, right? And lands on home plate, <laughs> all right? Moment, In his face. Yeah, cathartic, all right, cathartic. Because you're just like, this whole movie, like, fuck this guy. He also looks like a prick. Like, he's like the kind of guy that snitches on you and gets you fired, you know? Um, so my other moment is the Marvels moment. I told you I wasn't going to slide right into his face. That's yep. what he said. Yep. just looking like, fuck, I wish they never integrated this game. Um, <laughs> all right, my other moment is when, is essentially, uh, Serrano gets his Marvels. All right. Great scene. Yeah, so th- this is all prefixed by the fact that uh, this one, th- I like this scene because they're playing the Red Sox, all right? And the, the Red Sox can go fuck themselves. You know, Rube gets injured and everything, right? Anyways, um, fight breaks out, and then uh, Rube needs to, t- Rube goes and calls people out or whatever, right? And then Hayes comes through, right, and says, boom. You know, I saw a kid the other day in the stands. He said he comes to the games. He says he comes to the games. It's the most grass he's ever seen in his life. I love that he sounds like Rick Moranis. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So, Hayes, after the speech, Hayes is like, you know what? I'm with it. I am going to, I am stepping up. All right. He says he's going to, I think he says he's going to hit, wait, does he say he's going to hit for him or that he's going to run for him? Right. He's going to run for him. Right. Um, Serrano then goes, no. All right. I'm going to do this. Hits a game winning home run against the Boston Red Sox. All right. Not a better moment, all right? No, I, like, in my formative years, particularly around 2018, I would go back and rewatch the scene a lot after the World Series. I just put on replay of seeing the Red Sox lose on a game-winning home run, all right? Nothing more cathartic, nothing better. Red Sox are getting eliminated, uh, getting eliminated. And also on top of that, Willie Mays, hate, or, well, Serrano gets his marbles back. I think everyone is holding a bag of marbles, too. Um, what do you call it? When he's batting and he just cranks it and lets them know, motherfuckers. Fuck your city. All right. So fuck Boston. No offense to our Bostonian fans there. I mean, no offense, but offense given. Yeah. yeah. Hey, fuck you. Fuck Boston, but no offense to y'all. Um, what do you call it? Let's go ahead and go to Scott. How's your Scott? Have you uh, have you had some salt water today? Salt, salt water. Yes. Are your vocals ready? Yeah. All right. One and a two and a three. Standing there. Mentally exhausted. Just pissed at you. Chances are I hate it. Nothing new. Fist cock back. Direct attack. If you're mad as I am, you will choke. I want that smoke. Alright, I'm going to start this off. Parkman. Look, I didn't like him. I don't like his face. Alright, and this actor, I think he's played by this guy, David Keith. Alright, he looks like the kind of guy that would overturn Roe versus Wade and then go to like... (laughs) 
um, go to like a battered women's shelter and be like, uh, I hope you all have to take care of your kids. All right. He is also in that movie, an officer and a gentleman. He's a bitch. All right. I didn't like him either. All right. He is also in the, in the Indian in the cupboard. I didn't like him that either. And he was in. You know what? <laughs> I, I look, there are a few things I know. Love like. that movie. <laughs> right? This actor, David Keith. Is all right. I'm the only winner you got. Yeah. Everyone else is losers. Yeah. All right. Just an absolute prick. I guess you could say that it, it, it was good acting by him, but the man couldn't be the man couldn't be trusted. He was also on the like the remake, the Hawaii Five O, where he's like one of the commanders, and like I didn't like him that. All right. You know, just I'm working on a new one. It's called the Eliminator. You hit it, you can rename it. <laughs> Crack home run. How about the masturbator? <laughs> yeah, look, I am. He a, was pretty good though. Yeah. He was a he was like a total Trump. He, he was, was a total oh, Triple yeah. H. Oh yeah, like, definitely. Big he comedy. was like a very, really, really good villain. Yeah. Triple H. That, that says definitely. a lot. Yeah, he's yeah. just yeah, just yeah, fucking. He's like, yeah, I could just see him making a speech about how uh, people are there to entertain him with their spin roonies and nappy hair, you know. Uh, guys, scum. and he really sucks, and then he becomes the boss. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, and also the he like the like, and I want I, I guess I can identify with the guy because like he gets traded and they don't tell him about it, and they go, we can't afford your salary, so I guess they kind of Bret Hart him or whatever. But like, <laughs> like fuck the guy, right? Just like really. Just, just comes in there, just immediately, right? Just thinks he's better than everybody, all right? And it's, you know. He was. Yeah, and, and also, everyone likes Jake, all right? Yeah. We want Jake. We want Jake there. Everyone likes Rube. We want Rube, you know? All right, Rube's a minor leaguer, and they bring this bastard in, you know? So, anyways, uh, I'll let, let y'all, I'll defer to y'all on the next person. I hope some other people named him. Um, I mean, I love Jack Bartman. I knew everybody would, so. I said uh, Duke Simpson because I do think he was really good. Uh-huh. He was the uh, closer, the pitcher yeah. for the Yankees. Yeah. Uh, this guy threw at his own kid in a father-son game. <laughs> uh, Duke Simpson comes inside. I think he's still got a couple felonies over in Connecticut. <laughs> like, hey, uh, Duke Simpson, like... didn't he have like AC Slater hair or like Steve Sanders 90210 hair also? Basically. Yeah, like a curly fucking. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's like a curly mullet fro. I mean, the best part was when Jake Taylor points, like calls his own shot, he literally just throws at his face. <laughs> like, yeah. It's a pretty really. Good reaction, especially as a villain. It's like, yeah, that's pretty much what you should do, I think. Yeah. It's, uh, what is it? He, he leads the league in saves, strikeouts per nine innings, and hit batsmen. <laughs> yeah, and hit batsmen. Yeah. Okay, so Duke, all right, Duke, uh, all right, so Simpson, uh, Simpson is not, yeah, not a good year. 1994 is not a good year for, or this is 89, so never mind. Yeah. Now, this would have been perfect if he was in the second one. I mean, I think it caused the second one to happen. Okay, there we go. Yes, exactly. All right, Mike, what do you got, yo? <laughs> uh, so to fit the narrative, I've got um, Ricky Vaughn versus Parkman in Major League Two. When he um, the last Wait, thing that, when uh, he... who gets the smoke, uh, Parkman? Yeah, so Parkman oh. gets the smoke. Um, because Ricky Vaughn basically asks to pitch to him, mm-hmm. like they bring him out to pitch to the guy before him, and he purposely walks him. Mm-hmm. And the manager's basically like, what the fuck are you doing? And he says, nah, I want. 
Kirkman. Yes. And then proceeds to strike him out. But as he's got him down, uh, I think it's like a 2-0 and count, or 0-2 count, um, the manager says, like, stay with the smoke, Rick. Just go after him. So it fits the narrative. Who wants yeah. Forget the curve, Ricky. So, uh, I do have Give a him the heater. I have a question about Parkman. So since he yeah. does say, uh, Scott, I think you quoted this earlier. <coughs> welcome, welcome to Big Leeds Hayseed. Next time, don't yeah. stand on the tracks when the train's coming through. Yes. And he has an issue with the Indians. Did he cause that train crash in Ohio? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this, this could, we did say it was the Trump character. This could yeah. lead into uh, Bowers' internet conspiracies. Yeah. <laughs> to segue. I mean, part It's not that hard. He was a villain. You just say, oh, positive train control, the thing that makes everything stay on track on the train tracks that are 250 years old because we haven't updated our infrastructure. No, let's get rid of that and go as fast as you think you can go. All right. So does James <laughs> – all right, does Jack Parkman, does he run for Does he run for senator in Illinois? And does he win? I think he starts – no, I think he starts in – they want him to win. So I think he starts in a very gerrymandered district mm-hmm. that looks basically like uh, the White Sox logo. Okay. <laughs> like <laughs> – it's like we we we, we, we created this district for you out of everyone that said they would vote for you. This is exactly what it looks like. Here you go. Oh, I won. Wow, crazy. What is it? Hold on. What is it? You know, you know, I used to hate Jack. I used to hate Parkman when he's uh, with the AIDS. It's amazing. What did you say? It's amazing how a new uniform can change your attitude about a guy. The other guy goes, he's still a dick. <laughs> he goes, but out of the out of the mic, right? He always puts his hand away. He's yeah. still a dick. <laughs> yeah, don't put your bum knees when I take your job. Cut the crap. Yeah. Thank you. Cut the crap. Yeah, <laughs> what a yeah, what a trash bag. <laughs> yeah, oh, he's a bastard. Right, fuck that guy. <laughs> he was so good though. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, all right. Uh, okay. Next, <laughs> Parkman. You know what? He need, he needs to get an award. There needs to be an award named after him. Yeah. Top villain. Okay, yeah. Parkman. I have which is the next one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So what do you, all right? What do we got here? Uh, Has he even got into like a little bit of WWF trash talk like on the yeah. mic, which oh, you don't really ever see in like an MLB game. You don't like you'll see pitchers kind of chirping, uh-huh. but they have like a whole dialogue where they're like talking shit to each other. Yeah. Oh, as the catcher, too. That's what was so funny. That's why he was such a good foil, yeah. right? Because he was a catcher and Jake Taylor was a catcher, right? So yeah. he was. And Rube was, too. Exactly. Hey, is Peckerhead a racial term or no? I don't think so. Okay. Like, it's like Pinhead, right? Oh, okay, all right. Because, yeah, he calls that to. Cause doesn't he say that to Epps uh, after he jumps over him? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, and I was like, yeah, when I was looking Look at the scoreboard, Peckerhead. Yeah, I was like, look, I was like, is he like the villain from uh, Lethal Weapon 2 with this term? Um, <laughs> Diplomatic immunity. Yeah, what do you call him, the K-word lover? Um, yeah. Yeah, what do you call Okay, so, uh, best villain, look, obviously. <laughs> All right, so. We're not South African. I think we're allowed to say that word, right? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I'm white. I can say it definitely then, right? <laughs> <laughs> So look, I think top villain. I think we uh, one person said Parkman. I went Parkman. Um, 
And then I think uh, Scott, you put Duke Simpson most likely. Uh, someone put Margaret uh, Rachel. Fox. I I did too. Okay. Yeah, okay. I think Thanks. the reason the reason I moved to her was that um, I realized that I think Duke Simpson wanted the smoke more than he was a villain. Okay. I yeah. think uh, Margaret Winton as Rachel Phelps. Rachel Phelps was the ultimate villain yeah, in, right. in number one. And interestingly, she was even more hated than Marge Marge Schott, yeah. who was literally like a slave auctioneer. Any role like model essentially, not at all. <laughs> she was the worst human being, and we all knew it. And we were like, who is this old hag? But basically, if you pictured her as being 30 and hot and entitled, it would be Rachel Phelps. I think that's how she would act. It's crazy so I thought it was so was, real. Crazy thing that she was 30. Um, but yeah, she was just a fucking, yeah. Uh, is she worse than Pat She was Bianchi? a smoke show. Oh, that's a good question. That's a great comparison. That is a good comparison. No, Pagliacci, I think, is more likable. Okay, all right. I don't know, man. Pagliacci, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, here's right, the issue. Right. Pagliacci's hotter than, uh, Pagliacci's just hotter than. Uh, well, Phelps. she's Latino, you know? Well, I mean, her, but her character in the movie is not, but uh, in real life, yeah. Um, the, 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 so Pagliacci's Who knows, though? Is she really? I mean, yeah, your name is Diaz. So yeah, you think, she, like, I Mike, don't uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't mean to like virtue signal, but Mike, um, as our expert on this, <laughs> do you happen uh, to have awareness as to whether or not she just has that name from like a stepdad or if she is actually ethnically? Uh, if I recall correctly, I think she's Cuban oh, okay. from her dad's side. Oh, okay, all right. But... Yeah, don't quote me on that. I could be wrong. Okay. All right, I've just looked this up now. Um, Uh-oh, we've got one of our Ana de Armas. I'll be careful because people got mad when I said that she wasn't a Latina. Um, so, you said Ana de Armas is not a Latina? Yeah, she's she's Spanish, but she she has all Spain, Spanish blood, but she was born in Cuba because her parents immigrated. So, quick history lesson. Is like she Sephardic? Big... No. Or no, sorry. She would be... Um, she would be... Uh, no, 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 no. Okay. She would be Sephardic. I mean, if she Jewish? has if she has that bloodline in her, could well yeah. Typically, it's Sephardic Jewish, but uh, it's also you don't have to be Jewish to be oh, Sephardic. Okay. Um. So it's yes. It's basically white Spanish. Diaz's yeah. family is uh, apparently uh, her ancestors moved from Spain to Cuba, which we all. Let's go ahead and go with the uh, hey was that. So um, for me, I mean. This dude is not really necessarily someone that's unknown or anything, but I had a uh, Dennis Haysbert. I know that we mentioned him earlier, okay. but I also mentioned earlier that this was one of his first like bigger roles. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it was only the third film that he had done at the uh, at the time. Yeah, uh, bro, he was so weird. He was like a Floridian. <laughs> Like a Floridian. Yeah. Well, he's Cuban technically, but I'll get into that later. They're um, Floridians. I mean, obviously, he went on to do like a lot more films and all-state commercials and TV shows. Right. Well, so to Chris's point earlier, if if no one of people of our listeners haven't watched it, when they watch it, that is a hey, was that? I think that's a perfect because they're going to be like, wait, mm-hmm. you're in safe hands with Allstate. <laughs> yeah, I think some guy. Tried but they're going to be like, he's bald. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's a someone tried to tell me that I sound like the Allstate guy, and I didn't get where that came from. And then this girl like blew up on him for some reason, and I was like, "Look, I go, that's a disservice to Dennis Haysbert that you say I sound like him." I was like, "My voice is like manic and 
Yeah. It, it, but probably should be whinier. Or probably he's he's way more Liev than you are. Uh, Schreiber. <laughs> yeah, he's like Dennis Haysbert. I feel like he would have a he should later on have like a good narration. He should get hired by like Discovery Channel or like mm-hmm. you know be like a David Attenborough. Uh, like yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he's he got does. a great voice. He does. Yeah, I was like, hey, I told him I go look, gang. I go. I know that a lot of people have shitty voices, so mine sound decent in comparison. But I was like, mm-hmm. I don't have a Titan voice, like no damn Haysbert. Or- it's a great compliment, though. What is someone yeah. gave you? Yeah. 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 Um, okay, so for me, I put uh, Richard Schiff for number two um, because Richard he plays. Schiff. He guys he, he helps. Uh, what's his name? Direct the commercial. Oh God. What? Yeah. So if y'all don't know who Richard Schiff is. Um, he's the guy that Scott's bases most of his uh, views off of. Um, <laughs> do you think that that was? Do you think that was a straight bite from uh, Rocky Two? Wait, yes, yeah, yeah, it was. Yes, it, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they just yeah. like, hey, let's just fucking redo this. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> no, yeah. So he he plays the commercial. The he plays the commercial director, and it's look. <laughs> I was thinking about the Rocky Two part, yo. All right. I'm thinking of both of them. Yeah. The Schwiggy Schwigers, the Schlappy Schnaggers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, look, it, so it's look. I I don't know if he was in anything. Uh, I don't know if he was in anything prior to that or whatever. But uh, I think what do you call it? It's look. You got Charlie Sheen trying to do some shit or whatever, and it's like no. All right. So yeah. An Amex, Amex commercial. Don't steal home without it. <laughs> uh, my hey was that was Neil Flynn Ooh, as nice. the construction worker. Nice. Uh, you will know Neil Flynn as the dad in the middle. Yes. You yeah. will know Neil. You will know Neil Flynn as the cop that the one-eyed man kills in Chicago. That they blame uh, on the fugitive in the fugitive on the in the fugitive. Yeah, yes. Like, what the hell? What the movie called Chicago? Okay. Yeah, the fugitive. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, the one our man kills him. Yeah. In the fugitive, uh, you will know Neil Flynn as the janitor in Scrubs, which is his greatest yes. yep. Yep. role ever. Um, he was uh like a dock worker or a longshoreman or something like right. You know, they're not that fucking bad. Yeah, he wait. Like he, the guy with the hard hat in number one. He seems like he should get his own. What do you call it? Wasn't he the mom in? Uh, or no, sorry, not the mom. Sorry. Uh, wasn't he also in? Uh, wasn't he the dad in Mean Girls, or something like that? Uh, or no? Uh, no yeah. No. Yes, yes. Was he? Yes. He's what's her name? He's uh. He's he's totally. Oh, you're right. He's uh red haired girl's dad. Yeah, Lindsay yes. Lohan. Yeah. Lindsay Lohan said, "Yep, you're right. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, good call. Yeah." I like I like this guy. Yeah, I forgot that he was a transit cop. Yo, it's uh yeah he's uh he also plays in uh you guys probably won't remember this but he had a scene um he he was a one of the FBI agents in uh, the Indiana Jones one from the fifties or whatever. Oh, the number four. Yeah, yeah. That's right. He was in that. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Solid actor. He's uh he, yeah I think he's, he's a good he's, character actor. Yeah. This is if anyone who watches the rewatchables on their which has no similarities to our show, um, they, have, <laughs> they have something uh, a category that is called that guy, and I think this guy would qualify. Mm. Yeah. All right. 
Um, okay, wait. Did I, did I cut over somebody? Or everyone went for that one. For hey, was that yes, right? Yeah, we're good. Yep. All right. Call Stella Adler and, F, and AFI for bad acting. Um, look. All right, I'll let y'all start. <laughs> These are funny. Y'all. Okay. As much as I love and adore him, and you guys know uh-huh. I love and adore him, he is probably one of my favorite actors. Definitely one of my favorite 90s movie actors of all time. Mm-hmm. Wesley Snipes. I love everything about him. I mean, uh, we're talking about the same guy who's in White Men Can't Jump mm-hmm. is the same guy who's in Major League. Yeah. Is the same guy who's in Demolition Man. Mm-hmm. Is the same guy who's in Blade. Mm-hmm. Wesley Snipes, dude. Like, in all of these are some of my favorite movies ever. But, bro, if you can literally dribble, and we did White Men Can't Jump, he, that, some of those were his moves. Mm-hmm. The fact that he didn't he can't throw a baseball mm-hmm. is weird to me no i'm with you look also did you know so he not- just didn't give any i think he just was like no i'm not actually gonna do anything i'm just but he was good i'm just saying so really quickly also in addition to that um i was being generous by saying he couldn't throw he also they had to slow they had to uh, speed up they had to do the running scenes of him in slow-mo apparently that's fine. Because they were on slow mo. Well, no, he's bad at running, is why they did it, though. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so he looks weird. What's up? I did see that also. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like. That's one of the best scenes of the whole franchise, though, too, is uh, when they go, wait, who is the guy who wasn't even invited? Oh, it's him. And yeah. they take his bunk bed out. Yeah. So, and then he wakes up with the gunshots during the sprints. Yeah, so he actually makes a catch. Uh, he actually makes the the ca- he actually makes his catch in the film um, okay. on the out- other outfield wall. That's actually him, but he was apparently very slow in terms of running. So, what the hell? Did I get cut already? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, okay. So, uh, all right. Bad acting. What do you got, Mike? Um, it's not necessarily bad acting, but it's just kind of like a little gripe that I had with the film. Um, uh huh. I really like the character of, of Serrano, mm-hmm. played by Dennis Haysbert, obviously. Yeah. But, um, you know, he plays like a Cuban defector, and he's not a native Spanish speaker. So, yeah. like, it's one thing to have him come on there. He has, like, the, you know, the fake accent when he's speaking English and everything. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But then they give him scenes where he has to speak Spanish, like, when he's doing, like, uh, like the little voodoo That's ritual true. in the locker room and everything. Mm-hmm. And the Spanish, um, Chingate, capro. <laughs> right. You know, it, 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 it sounds bad. And so, yeah. like, yeah. I remember even as a little kid, this is how bad it was. As a little kid, when I watched this movie for the first time with my dad and my cousin, mm-hmm. you know, I, I couldn't understand where he was from because his accent for English was funny. And then his accent when he was speaking Spanish was funny. So I was like, what the fuck is this guy? And then obviously yeah. now as an older person, it's like, oh, he's portraying a Cuban defector. Like, he's not a native speaker. So his, his accent is there. Like, it's just, I don't know. It doesn't add as much authenticity. Yeah, I'm, I'm with he you. He was trying to do a New Orleans, like, voodoo guy. Yeah, that's what it came off to me. Um, and, yeah. and campy. And, yeah, and I was like, all right, I was like, is this guy supposed to be Dominican or whatever? He's uh, Cuban. I know that. But, yeah, when I saw it, I was like, this guy's supposed to be Dominican. I was like, this guy sucks, you know? Um, just, <laughs> just sounds like crap. Um, yeah, yeah. And it, it could have been dope. His character was funny. Like, his character was good. So, 
don't know. It's just, and and it's not me trying to be like too PC or anything. Like, yeah, it's just. You don't oh, you're a golfer. You don't want to. Yeah. Get them. What's your <laughs> handicap? Hats for bats. <laughs> um, I went with Roger Dorn. I just don't like him. Um, I, 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 but first of all, Corbin Burnson yeah, or Carl, Dorn? Uh, Cor- I think I don't like the job that uh, Burnson did. Also, I just realized he is the whitest name in the history of the Corbin world. Burnson, yeah, that's a yeah. Job. It's like the white equivalent of like Wahati Tohato or something. <laughs> well, yeah. well, it's like he, uh, what's he? Uh, come on, cut cut the raw raw shit, Taylor. Year after this, I go free agent. Plus, me and my agent got a couple yeah. plans for life after baseball. So now I have to risk major injury, displaces property for yeah. stiffs, right? Or, you can see right here in my contract, I don't have to do any calisthenics I feel are unnecessary. Yeah. What's the what's is on it. What's the matter, rookie fuckwad? Can't you take a little, yeah. t- can't you take a little joke? Yeah, rookie well, fuckwad, take a little joke. Yeah, right. Real fucking funny, door. I'm on my ass tapped out. All right, like I just, that whole scene in uh, VHS on TBS without uh, yeah. cussing. Makes no sense. You're like, why are they fighting? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, look, I, I think look, his acting across two movies, he's also number three and he's bad at acting. I, I think, I really do in general think that Corbin Burnson sucks. Come on, Dorn, get in front of the damn ball. Yeah. <laughs> look, as general manager of this team, I demand to know when I'm getting a start. All right. What's with this Olay bullshit? <laughs> uh, Look, I, I, I legit, like, not a fan of, not a fan of, like, even when they're giving the speech or whatever, right? Uh, yeah. I'll run. Right? It's like, I got know. one thing to say to you, Dorn. Strike this fucker out. <laughs> he sucks, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> look, I, I, I legit, I, I am, I'm very low on him as, uh, on his acting work. I'm low on him in this movie. It's just, you know, I guess, yeah. like, the, the, the goal is supposed to be for him to think, I guess, if, I know, perhaps they're trying to make him unlikable. I just thought that it was like, eh, it's just not selling it, right? Like, he doesn't look like he can actually play baseball. First of all, he seems old as dirt, right? <laughs> yeah. You think, what he seems he like he's been retired in Florida for at least 10 years. Yeah. Do you think April is really for Roger Dorn night? And it's like, yeah. nothing about him or his play in the movie seemed to match, <laughs> like, Nothing about his play seemed to think indicate that he should have the attitude that a Parkman would have had. He took a pitch. He took one. Yeah. Uh, and Dorn is replaced as a pinch with a pinch runner after a very impressive calisthenic routine. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So just look, uh, <laughs> Dorn, you're just a no. All right. Like in, 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 yeah. just in everything. Um. All right. Let's go ahead and go with. Uh, who could be in a reboot? Okay. Uh, I think I think the inevitable would be now Charlie Sheen has to be the coach. Yes, yes. But then I think we like just totally lean in to like the entire weirdo clown show that's going on. So we have Dylan Mulvaney mm-hmm. as the no, first tra- trans woman no, no, in the MLB. No. <laughs> and, it, and it's just like a cocaine-induced hellscape of virtue signaling madness, but like at a certain point, it starts to become really, really funny. It's like it's like the opposite end of the spectrum of like uh, Ted Lasso. Yeah, what is Mulvaney in? Um... <laughs> Nothing. Dylan Mulvaney is the Bud Light 
trans woman. Oh, yes. Okay. The, the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I thought. That like, What's up? The one that everyone's mad at. Yeah, okay. I, I knew <laughs> I knew her as a com- uh, She's a comedian as well, right? Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Just give her a star role. Okay. Charlie Sheen, like, literally still just, like, coked out. Like, like literally, a scene could be him on the on the thing being like, "I have tiger blood. Here's my tiger blood," and she pitches awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, who else? Who else you got? <laughs> I, I mean, I just said like if they do like one of those sequel, uh, those like reboots where they redo the movie. Oh, so like I, so I would put like, like Chris Pratt as uh, as Vaughn. Okay. As Ricky Vaughn or Vaughn Jr. If we want to continue. Oh yeah. Line. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He gets on base. So for me, I go. Uh, I went with a Chris, but I went with another Chris. I went Chris Pine as Ricky Vaughn. Okay. All right. That could work. Yeah. He's not funny though. Yeah. What do you mean? Uh, the Dungeon, that Dungeons and Dragon movie, and Star movie. Trek. He's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, like Mike. Who the hell are you? Th- what Chris are you thinking about? I, I know Chris Pine. What? You don't think he's funny? Why do you think he keeps doing these comedy movies? I've seen him in more like serious roles. Like he's like he's just like w- overly handsome Chris Pratt, so he can't be as funny. Yeah, yeah he's not goofy. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I think that I think he's I think he's naturally. I, I look. I think that he. I think Star Trek is his best character. Yeah, I think. I, I think. Yeah. I he gets his ass kicked five times yeah. in like twenty minutes. I think he's ass kicked in every. <laughs> In all of those movies, too. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think, yeah, I think he has the best. I'd, I'd, of all I'd like, I'd let Gal Gadot kick my ass. Well, she wasn't in it. No, in Wonder Woman, he's also. In oh it. yeah, he is. He is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's that's probably why Mike thinks that he's uh, a serious actor. Um, sure. Yeah, I no, I think that I think like I think that he has more the most range of all the Chris's. I think that he is the na- most naturally funny. Um. You know, Horrible bosses no, I mean, too. He's, he's, he's a good Hilarious. actor. Uh, I like his role in uh, was it Hell or High Water? Okay. Great movie. Yeah. yeah. You gotta, you gotta, oh my god, dude! You're talking about a movie that is just. Why did this? Did this? This one like Sundance and shit, and no one even in the Academy Awards touched it. Yeah, no one talked. About I think it. Golden Globes gave them a couple of things. Yeah, um, no, he's definitely he's, he's definitely a talented actor for sure. All right, yeah. Um, I take so, back my 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 comment then. There we go. Yeah, All right. he can de- he can definitely do he can definitely. I think he I think he uh, perfectly embodies this. Okay, so so for Serrano, I want to be uh, I want to be very fair. Uh, Josh, I think Josh Segura should play. Uh, if y'all don't know what he, who he is, uh, Mike, I'm hoping you know. Who I he know is. Who he is Dominican. Okay. Yeah, uh, I didn't know he's Dominican. I, I didn't, yeah, yeah, I think he's okay. from New York. Okay. He's probably Puerto Rican. I think to see Tyrese play Pedro Serrano. Well, then Mike's gonna then Mike's gonna have the same issue with the, like Tyrese's Spanish is gonna be worse than Haynesburg, right? Because like Haynesburg, <laughs> at, least, at least yeah. I'm going. Uh, yeah, you're right. He's Puerto Rican and he's from Florida. He oh, went he to okay. NYU. That's oh, why okay. I thought he was from New York. Yeah. Um, so for those of you who don't know who he is, um, he I, I think what is he most famous for? Uh, I know he's in the new Scream movie, which I liked him in. Um. And then I I want to say he was in Sirens, which is which is a pretty pretty solid show, and he's uh he gets a lot of television work or what have you. So um, I'm very I am very high on him. He was in uh, Arrow. He played I think Prometheus in Arrow, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, She Hulk. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. 
Um, and then he was also on that show FBI that was on. So I'm big. I'm a big fan of him. I think that he'd be the per- per- the perfect Latin um, character for the owner. All right. I am going to fuck with y'all really quickly. Margot Robbie. Okay. All right. Well, then this is an instant classic. Well, yeah, Margot Robbie. Um, I think that uh, we're gonna we're gonna spice things up, right? See, I I, I put some time into the thoughts into mine. Not that y'all didn't. Sorry, that the implicate that implies. Okay. Well, let me I'll finish. give you hold a pause. On. Wait, okay. hold on. I did not slow down, son. All right. <laughs> you know, Sabas <laughs> K. All right. I think that the manager should be played by John Voight. All right. Wow. You can make yeah. the you can make uh, Jake Taylor. All right. You guys are gonna love this, and you're gonna thank me immediately. All right, Jason Statham. Then huh? the manager. All right. Are y'all ready for this one? Yeah. Are Are you truly ready? Yeah. All right. Reginald Vell Johnson. It's the weirdest combo of actors. Okay. Ever. Okay. All right. Okay. I'll take. <laughs> all right. All right. I'll, okay. Hold on. How about I take Reginald Vell Johnson? So you have, Charles, you, have, you have a corrupt, you have a corrupt director Dutton. of the VS, uh, the CIA. Charles S. Dutton. I mean, fine. You still have uh, one character who's somehow uh, federally okay. connected well, CIA I'm, I'm agent I'm, who's okay, corrupt, which is John Voight. Okay. The I second character. Hey, I, hold on. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Damon Idris <laughs> as Willie Mays Hayes. Mm-hmm. Mike, you like that one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's cool. All right. Then, all right. The general manager. All right, played by Jay Hernandez. Okay. All right. That it plays. We'll change the name from Charlie Donovan to like Charlie Delgado. All right. Yeah. And then, lastly, all right. This one's gonna be perfect. The radio announcer. John C. McGinley. Yeah, fantastic. All right. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Point blank. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, what do we think? Oh, and Duke Simpson can be played by uh, J- Jason Giambi. Okay. I'm going to try to add. Oh, that's pretty good. I'm going to try to add to you. Okay. You won't. Only with one. I won't. All right. But only with one. Uh, also, there's no Pe- Roger Dorn in mine. He died. Sure. All right. Uh, Pedro Pascal. Nice. All right. You win. Is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pedro Pascal is the second Latino owner of a baseball team for Major League Baseball. And it's basically like Ted Lasso. All right. All right. I like this. But Um, that could be a pretty good show. But you turn it into a 12-episode, an episodic movie of Netflix. Yeah. It's one season. Um, I'm with it. So, look. um, Famous auditions. I couldn't find any, so we're going to skip that award. Um, I wish him nothing but the worst. Uh, all right, go ahead, y'all. Everyone involved in making the third one. <laughs> uh, I'm going with Roger Dorn, all right, and Corbin Benson. Um, here, here's why. Obviously, I don't like him. He's back in the third one, and he was the one that really pushed for the third one to get made, and it's just like, no. Also, the, uh... One thing I have to say before the episode's over really quick. Okay, yeah. About your Corbin Burnson hate. My mom loves Corbin Burnson. What's wrong with your mama? I'm just saying. Okay. Does she like uh, Scott Bakula as well? 
Of course. And, uh, as the, uh, as the, what do you call it? Not in the third room. Okay. She likes, <laughs> she likes Scott Bakula and Quantum Leap, like every okay. normal person in the world. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, what do you call it? What do you, uh, also Ted McGinley. I wish him the worst too. He plays, he's in the third one, you know, he plays this bastard named Leonard Huff. And I don't, I don't think anyone's ever met a Leonard that was trustworthy or likable. <laughs> if your name's Leonard, I don't care. Just, sounds like a, yeah, just yeah. sounds like a snake. Yeah, Leonard, yeah. Like it's like, like a snake would be named Leonard. Yeah, like it's like it's like almost like your parents wanted to name you Lionel Hutch but didn't want to get sued, so they're like, let's do it Leonard, right? Uh but yeah, he plays uh number and number If three, they named you Leonardo though, you'd be dope yeah. as hell. Number three is also about the uh twins, which doesn't make any sense. You know, and Ted McGinley Leonard. Guy too. All right, Mike, who do you got? I nothing, wish nothing but the worst. Uh, I'm going to keep this quick. Rachel Phelps. It's just like the whole yep. situation that happened with her. She made a good villain. And I yeah. think that's why, like, number two wasn't as good. Yeah. Obviously, we talked about this, but yeah. I love when they, they made uh, every win, we're going to remove one piece of clothing. And their, uh, it was their owner in a bikini. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So unfinished business. Not hunting down everybody who had anything to do with Major League Three. Yeah. So making them pay. Here's my unfinished business. So every once in a while, they put films in the National Historic Register as culturally significant. Major League should definitely be in it. Yes. Number three, they should have a reverse things for things that have uh, led to the decay of mankind. All right. Uh, along with uh, Instagram. You should put Major yeah. League Three in there. Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe put like I don't know when someone described what slavery might be like. Uh, put that person's idea uh, right next to Major League Three. All right, just awful. Parting shots, gentlemen. Uh, my parting shot. Um, I will say that like a reboot would be cool, a remake, just because like the way that everyone's talking about MLB right now. You know, they're changing the rules, trying to speed up the yes. game. They're saying that it's losing viewers. That it's not as popular with the younger generations, um, and so they're making all these efforts to try to make it appeal to um, to you know the American public, the younger American public. So I think uh, a good movie like this, mm-hmm. that's funny, that still brings in like that real like um, audience aspect of it, because that's what I think Major League One did a really good job of, is that they took all the elements of a real game you know made it into like a comedic aspect of the movie if they do that today then i think that can also go hand in hand with the efforts that the mlb is is taking to try to increase viewership mike i thought you said you're gonna make that quick just kidding um my parting shot i hope corbin vincent doesn't get any more work (laughs) scott uh sure um, my parting shot would be that it's not really that hard to make decent movies. It's very hard to make great movies. Mm-hmm. Majorly, the first movie is 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 it's culturally significantly great movie, mm-hmm. and it's not just because it's about Cleveland. It's not just because it's about Ohio. All of those things are real, and and it's very real. Like they even got the vibe of the type of bars yeah. that would be like interested in watching 
Indians ah. games, right? Like, it, the whole first movie is so dope. So you want to see but, this movie at playing at the St. Rock? Well, it would have to be like if we re if we redid it, or if there's parting thoughts about it. It's that even if y- it's not your culture, or even if you don't get it, it's worth understanding why it's held in high regard. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I'm with you. All right, well, gentlemen, Major League, we're not going back to the minors. Avengers Assemble. Never. This episode was produced by Scott Bauer and Mike Padilla. Never going to AAA.